Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. So here we come to the climax, I guess, of John's Gospel. After the despair and dismay of Good Friday, we come to the Easter Sunday morning. And I just love this account of Mary uh, Magdalene going out of the tomb while it was still dark to discover that the um, stone had been removed from the entrance and she goes off and tells Simon Peter and another disciple which is identified as the one that Jesus loved and it's traditionally believed and I believe it as well as this was how John the writer of this gospel was identifying himself he was a disciple that Jesus loved so Simon Peter and John run off as fast as they possibly can to the uh, tomb John being younger gets there first but I love that little bit of detail a little human touch that he got there first he looked in but didn't go in it wasn't until Simon Peter got there the elder and possibly braver disciple that they actually went in some went in looked there saw the strips of linen lying there as well as a burial cloth that would have been around Jesus's head and then finally John himself goes in. And I love these words that finish verse 8. He saw and he believed. He saw and he believed. Now this miracle, this resurrection of Jesus is the last in a line of miracles that John talks about. In fact, they are the structure of his gospel his story his good news of Jesus and he highlights seven signs or miracles that point towards firstly Jesus's identity as not only the Jewish Messiah the the savior that they were long uh, long awaiting but also the fact that he was the son of God we can read about that in the very first chapter of John's gospel when he talks about Jesus being the word that was there at the beginning of time when creation was taking place so there's signs that point towards the identity of Jesus but also there's signs that point to the reality that God's kingdom was breaking into this dark world they're pinpricks of light 
poking through that veil that covers our world, that keeps it in darkness, that we see in these signs, in these miracles, something of God's kingdom, something of heaven, where people are healed, when people are raised from the dead. I mean, just to go through those signs so we can remember what we have looked at in this series. First of all, there's that wedding at Cana when Jesus turns water into wine, not just any old wine, but the best wine. There's also the healing of an official son when all Jesus had to do was say a word and the official son was uh, made well. You've got the healing of the paralytic at the pool of Beth, Beth, I can't speak, Bethsaida, uh, where he heals this man who is paralysed. There's a feeding of the 5,000. We know it's at least 5,000 because that probably would have just been the men, just with two loaves and five fishes. Then there's the healing of the man who was born blind. And Jesus spits in some mud, puts it on his eyes, tells him to go and wash the mud off, and the man's man sees. And then what we saw last week, uh, that miracle, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, pointing towards Jesus's, uh, Jesus being raised from the dead uh, as well. But here we come to the end, the final miracle, the miracle of Jesus being raised from the dead after being dead in a tomb, he is raised from the dead. And I just love the fact that, you know, John says that these, it wasn't just 70 miracles that Jesus performed, there's countless miracles. And you can ask the disciples if you want to know more about them. But actually, he's just picked a selection. He's curated, you could say, Jesus' miracles. But regardless of all that John had seen, all that John had witnessed, it's not until he goes in that tomb and sees that, first of all, it's empty, and then secondly, there's just left burial clothes. That is when he sees and he believes. Now, John goes on to say that, well, we didn't understand everything. We didn't understand that our scriptures pointed towards this reality. We didn't understand that the whole of the Jewish, old, Jewish scriptures we call the Old Testament points towards this reality that, who, that Jesus is the Messiah and that Jesus uh, is the Son of God and that Jesus would die and be raised again. They didn't get that. Jesus explained that to his followers really after he'd been risen from the dead. See, John didn't understand it, but he saw and believed it. See, the resurrection of Jesus, in fact, John's gospel confronts us with a choice. Are you going to believe that Jesus is who he said he was? Or are you not? Because here is the evidence laid out for you consider it look at it try and understand it and make a choice whether you believe it or not and really the most important miracle the decisive miracle is whether or not you believe in the resurrection of Jesus in fact Paul later in his letter to the church in Corinth says and if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Now, there's been lots of debates over time about, you know, did Jesus really uh, 
die and be raised back to physical life again? Was it just a spiritual thing? Was it someone else died? You know, what's the evidence? And you may not understand that, but Paul is saying, if you don't believe it, if you don't believe that Jesus died and after three days rose again, then actually our faith is useless. Your faith is useless and our preaching is pointless. If that's not true, then Jesus is not who he said he was. If that's not true, then Jesus wasn't the Messiah. Jesus wasn't the Christ. If that's not true, Jesus wasn't the Son of God. If that's not true, Jesus didn't, God did not come down to earth as a man and dwell among us, as John says at the beginning of our gospel. So my question for you, John's question for you, God's question for you, is do you believe it? You may not understand it. You may not be able to pinpoint all the <laughs> scriptures that, that point towards Jesus. But in your heart of hearts, do you believe it? So we've got baptisms this Sunday. And that's five people who have said, yes, yes, I do believe it. I do believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I do believe that Jesus is the son of God. And I do believe that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection means that I can live again, that I can live for eternity, that I can die to my old self and all the sins and all the mess and all the muck and I can start again, that I can be a new creation, no more in condemnation, but saved because of Jesus. That's what the symbolism of baptism points to. That dying and then being raised again, just as Jesus raised again. If that's not true, then this is pointless. Do you believe? I'll leave that question with you.